Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you only fuck that. Black dude, holler. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookie? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle it? I'm telling your short ass, he can't handle no goddamn milk. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Mars. It is, I don't know what the fuck, it's August 7th out this month. When was the last time I did a show? Like June? Fucking crazy. Um, So I had a bunch of shit going on. Um, I'll just get get into the what's kind of kept me from doing this for the past couple weeks. Um, yeah, I, I go on my, uh, you know, every couple weeks deal anyway, but I definitely planned on doing one a little sooner than now, um, man, I'll give you, um, I'll give you the beginning of it, and then I'll give you, like, even more backstory to it, so, um, I have a duck slash pigeon pen in my backyard, all right, um, and just recently, um, well, you know what? Let me go way back. Let me go back. I, I got a little time. So let me go back to how, how I ended up with a duck slash pigeon pen in my yard. All right. Um, so years ago, uh, you know, I do work. I work uh, at the Humane Society Popcorn Park. Um, so we got a baby goose in, which isn't uncommon, but we got a baby goose in. 
and um, there was no one to rehab him at the time. And um, he came in, and he, he was a little thing, you know, a little tiny yellow gosling, um, baby goose. Um, and it was like, well, who's going to take him? Who's going to take him? Um, and I said, well, you know, I'll give it a try. I've never done it before. So I took him home, and um, it was like he started off in a carrier. Um, I named him Yamanashi. Um, I started off in a carrier and then he went to a bird cage and then he went to, you know, a bigger cage and then he went to a dog crate. And before you knew it, I was fencing off a little section of my backyard. Um, you know, just chicken wire and stakes in the ground around like a little, um, you know, one of the plastic baby houses. So I had that back there a little bit and he was just super, super fucking attached. I mean, this guy, he, he was just following me around and shit. Um, yeah, I go in the yard and I, if I let him out, he would just walk around, like follow me around chirping and stuff. It was the cutest fucking thing ever. Um, so, and it was also towards this, the, the end of the season where it wasn't, he wasn't going to be able to be just like acclimated and let into the wild or anything like that again. Um, being, you know, the time of year, because depending on when you rehab shit, you either wind up stuck with it for an entire off season or you're able to like acclimate it back to the wild. But the way that like I, I did this with, you know, raising this guy and, and, you know, quite honestly, I did something horribly wrong because he ended up just like a fucking pet. So um, that's not the correct way to rehab something. But anyway, um, this is one of, you know, millions of uh, Canada geese. And um, he, uh, he ended up being just my buddy. He was like bigger and bigger. And then uh, I ended up, building him well we we were doing uh redoing our fence and i had a four foot chain link fence that we were turning into you know the six foot stockade so we took what was a part of the four foot chain link and we built a 40 uh 30 by 12 foot pen for him with a little gate and everything you know there's no top on it or anything it was just you know the uh the four foot chain link and, um, again, had that baby house in there for him. So if you wanted to get any kind of little shelter, um, you know, his food, water, he had a baby pool in there to swim in. And he was just my dude, man. I would go out in the backyard. I'd fucking, uh, you know, light a fire or whatever. I'd let him out of his, his, uh, pen. He would sit under the chair where I was sitting by the fire. And if I got up, he'd come like running behind me and shit. And, um, yeah, he'd come charging at you. But then like, once he was with you, he'd be like, all right, yeah, we're cool. Um, I mean, if he, he heard like the laundry room door, the laundry room goes out to the backyard. He just heard the laundry room door. He'd start honking and shit. Cause he wanted you out there. Um, when he heard the kids going to the, the school bus in the morning, he'd hear that front door and you just hear him from like two blocks away. Honk, honk. Like the dude was just like crazy attached. He was really, really cool. And, um, one morning I went out and said, uh, you know, we were about to go somewhere on a Sunday. And I said, all right, let me go check on Yemen Ash real quick. And um, I went out back. And when I went out back, he didn't come running to me like he normally did. And I immediately knew something was up before I could even, like, see him fully. So I look, and uh, he's swimming in his pool. And he's got a big fucking piece of skin hanging off the back of his head and down past his face. Um, so I go in there and I realize like, yeah, the back of his head is like hanging off. Um, he's still walking around. He's running away cause he's hurt. And, um, 
there's like a blood splatter on the back fence. Um, you know, at the time the fence was pretty new and like that light colored woods, so it was like a very clear blood splatter over by his um, food bowl. So something must have went in his pen to eat his food, whether it be, you know, raccoon, possum. I, I always thought possum because raccoons are the type to like stand and fight and like finish the job type shit if, if they get uh, pushed into a corner that way. Um, but it could have been a raccoon, but a possum more or less like a defense bite and run away, which whatever it did, it, it was, it was a runaway thing. There was only just the one splatter from like the initial contact. Um, and, um, so I, I, uh, ran him up to our vet up there at the zoo and, um, they said there wasn't enough skin to close the, the wound. You could see like the back of his jaw bones through the, uh, the, the wound in the back of his head. And, uh, there wasn't enough skin to close it up. If they did close it, it would be too tight and he wouldn't have been able to open his jaw to eat anymore. So we had to euthanize him. Um, so following that, I said, all right, you know, like I'm not, you know, done owning waterfowl at this point. Cause I really, yeah, obviously that was a huge connection and, and it was something that, you know, I wasn't just going to walk away from because, uh, that that was a new thing to me, and it, as far as, you know, the whole time up until that, that tragedy there, it was highly successful. I had a great, great time, you know, having him, and I was like, all right, I got to find a way where that never happens again. So, um, you know, not going to go out intentionally and get another, uh, you know, Canada goose or anything like that. I said, you know, let me try ducks, because rather than one goose, I'll get a couple ducks. But I'm not going to just go back into this pen and act like shit can't happen. So I spent like $1,500 and I had a complete, you know, um, four by four posts and two by fours and, and the, the black garden fencing attached to it. I had a pen like that built 30 by 12 foot. And, um, I got one after another, I got three ducks. Um, later on I ended up getting pigeons because uh, shit pigeons could fly around in there too. So it should, should ended up where, uh, so now, yeah, I lost one duck this past year, a couple of months back, you know, just old age. Um, but my ducks have been very, um, you know, healthy and everything in there. And I have six pigeons and, and they're dope. And, um, you know, I'm, the pigeons were all like rescued, all came from like, you know, most of them have been in the, the clutches of a hawk at some point or another, because most of my pigeons are white, which are like the fucking delicacy for a hawk out there. So. Um, working where I work, a lot of times people will come in with a, you know, a white pigeon and like, oh yeah, saw a hawk, ran outside, fucking yelled at it, it dropped this guy, and they'll bring him in a box, and a lot of times, you know, if the injuries aren't too bad, they'll shake it off and they'll be all right. But again, releasing them is just like feeding them to a hawk because those those white birds stand out like crazy. As a matter of fact, um, last year I had this fucking um. Cooper's hawk that would just hang out on top of my duck pen. I got pictures of it just sitting on top of my duck pen and there's a squirrel like three, four feet away. So it's like, it's pretty much saying like, I don't give a fuck about that squirrel right over there. There's white birds in there that I want bad as a motherfucker. <laughs> and they couldn't, you know, the hawk couldn't get them. Cause again, I, you know, I had this pen built so I, nothing could fuck with the birds. So, um, Basically, the pen was never permitted. Um, like I said, I went from the one thing to the next thing. Obviously, should have got it permitted. But if I did, um, I wouldn't have been able to build it on the fence the way I did, or the you know the way we had it built. 
which I, I really wasn't that aware of. I was aware that, you know, not, not getting a permit was probably uh, not what I was supposed to do. But in the same token, I didn't know that, you know, like the fence was like a complete no fly zone. But especially because my neighbor built it, my neighbor, you know, I, I paid my neighbor to build it because he does construction and shit. So it was against like the fence between our house and their house. So I figure if, if anything, you know, I'm good with it. The neighbor's good with it. Fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, you know. Okay, so now let's go into the other part of the story. And it wasn't permitted, all that shit, right? Now, uh, who the fuck? I think it was last year. So last year, um, maybe two years ago, neighbors across the street, like across the street diagonal, they moved in and um, there was no stray cats on the street. There were no loose cats on the street. If anyone had cats, they were in their house like they belong. Um, all of a sudden, there's like 15 fucking cats on the street because these people moved in across the street, like diagonal, and they have inside outside cats. They're out there in all temperatures. They're out there, um, you know, fucking running away with squirrels and shit. I'm out there feeding the squirrels, and these cats are fucking grabbing squirrels, and they're fucking grabbing birds. I'm, you know, I have this elaborate bird feeder set up in my backyard, and these motherfuckers are just out there hunting and shit. And so, you know, being a cat lover, I, I don't want to see these cats out there like that. I don't want to see fucking the animals getting picked off out there like that. So, um... I decided to trap these cats. Um, now, I um, we don't service the town that I live in. So, meaning, you know, if I were to trap these cats and send them to the appropriate shelter that they went to, they wouldn't be under my care. And the possibility of them being euthanized is there. You know, that exists. Um, so, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, you know, trap them and send them off somewhere not knowing what their future was going to be all about. Um, my goal was I, I am going to do this and personally take responsibility for these cats. I'm going to, you know, um, take them to where I work and I'm going to make sure that they get homes, you know, so that, that was the plan. Um, so cat I trapped spent a bunch of time there. He was about two days away from getting adopted. Now, mind you, when the cat got there. He had ear mites, he had roundworms, he had um, fleas, uh, he was a little underweight, got him bulked up, super, super sweet cat. He was two days away from getting home. Uh, we, you know, I'd posted some, you know, pictures and stuff of him on the internet to try to promote him and stuff. Well, apparently these people across the street saw him online. They freaked out, they went down there, I'm on my day off and, uh, Somebody from work calls me and says, yeah, bad news. Uh, these motherfuckers are down here about to reclaim this cat. So I was like, shit. So I get into, um, I'm sitting there on my porch, like waiting for these motherfuckers to come pulling up across the street. Sure enough, they do. The one kid goes in the house with the, with the carrier, with the cat and the fucking mom and the piece of shit daughter comes storming across the street. I fucking bam meet him like in the middle of the street like you're not gonna <laughs> i already know where we're at with this we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to fucking go mode yeah you know i mean like we're not we're not about to talk civilly about some shit like shit is about to go down so uh she starts putting her hand out oh my name is such and such i said i, I don't give a fuck what your name is yeah you know i mean I, I i know you know what the deal is i know what you're over here to talk about 
um, I don't like you. You're not taking good care of these cats and this and that. And then, you know, they're, they're just going, Oh, you sent your cat to a kill shelter and they're bugging the fuck out. And I'm like, first off, you know, I worked there for at the time, 16 years now, 17. I, I know exactly what happens and doesn't happen in the shelter. So you're not going to tell me I just put your cat at risk because believe me, like I, I know every bit of what can and can't happen. And I was taking personal responsibility to make sure none of the worst can possibly happen to this cat. Um, and mind you, again, it had roundworms, it had ear mites, it had fleas, it had this and that, we bulked it up, we, you know, and it was two days away from getting home, and they're like, no, I take care of my cats, and I say, I, I don't think you understand, you know, what I just told you as far as his health went, you know what I mean, like, it, it, things weren't good because they were in your care and you were just letting shit happen, and, you know, all, all this was also triggered because, um, my daughter would go to the bus stop every day and she'd see these cats. And one day there was just a dead cat laying in their lawn on their lawn. And, and you know, she came home like that, you know, one of the black cats I see all the time is just dead on the lawn over there. And shit like that bothers me, you know, um, they have a strong attachment to the cats in the house here. And, you know, they're, they're part of the family of my animals. So when I see stuff out there like that and they want to know, like, you know, why, why are they allowing, like, anything to just happen to their cats out there? I have to explain to them, like, they're bad pet owners. That's, that's, that's what people who don't really care do with their animals. And, um, you know, it's proof because, I mean, they're out there dying and shit. And uh, so, anyway, there was a big blowout. They're like, you know... Yeah, you know, just, just bugging out. A bunch of yelling and shit in the street. That was a year ago um, this month. A year ago this month, they reclaimed that cat. All that shit happened. And I left shit alone at that point because I knew, like, if I trapped a cat, again, my options were to either bring it to the appropriate place because they knew that we weren't supposed to have it there and they made a big deal about that. So it was either I was going to bring them to the appropriate place and have anything possibly happen to the cats or I was going to bring them back to my place and then it was going to be a big drama again because they they're going to know immediately if a cat goes missing, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I've been seeing this cat out here since a year ago when they reclaimed it. It's now skinnier again. It now looks in way worse shape than it did under my care. And again, he was two days away from getting a real home. Um, so I hate these fucking people. I, I can't stand these motherfuckers, but I haven't done a fucking thing since then because again, my hands were kind of tied on it. So, um, this is about about a month ago now, right? I'm getting ready for work, and apparently, like, they had some shit going on. I, like, it's a big two-story house, and they got a bunch of people living over there. So, um, apparently, they had some shit going on with somebody there was dealing drugs or doing drugs or moving something. You know what I mean? A lot of traffic going on. A couple of motherfuckers looking underweight and kind of crazy looking. And, uh, again, like, I, I, I'm not really fucking with these people, you know what I mean, I'm just doing my fucking thing, I work six days a week, so, um, I'm hearing shit like, yeah, yeah, the neighbor's seeing a bunch of stuff, and, uh, you know, the neighbor's getting pissed off about the shit that's going on over there, I'm like, oh, okay, well, there you go, and, um, again, I only give a fuck about the cats, and if my hands are kind of tied on that, then I got nothing else to talk about, so, I'm um, getting ready for work about a month ago or so, and all of a sudden I see, like, fucking DEA, fucking Sheriff's Department, like, full fucking black vests and shit, fucking unmarked SUVs, and, and they're, like, fucking creeping up across the lawn over there, like, special ops shit, and I'm like, oh, the fuck's going on here, you know what I mean? So, I'm sitting there watching this shit get ready for work, I go to work, this and this, 
well, I didn't think about it, but the neighbor, the neighbor next to me ended up fucking calling and shit and, and getting that popping off. Well, they think because we had the fucking history with the cats and shit that, that I called. So now they're pissed off. They retaliated by calling fucking code enforcement on me for my duck pen. And, uh, there was a big tree out front that, um, was dead or whatever and, uh, needed to be cut down and shit. So they call code enforcement on that and, uh, and the driveway for some reason, like the driveway's busted. So apparently that's a code violation. It's weird. Um, so fucking code enforcement came over, gave us a fucking violation and was like, yeah, you got like two weeks, <laughs> like two weeks. This is a 30 by 12 foot fucking pen, a fucking like a 30 foot tree and, and the fucking driveway and shit. So luckily I got a friend who he had done construction and shit like that. And, and, um, we got some people and fucking like unearthed this fucking pen. Like we, we fucking put the birds in like carriers and whatnot and like fucking dug the posts out, busted concrete off posts fucking dug holes where the where like the we we went down to the township got a permit to build it in another portion of the yard i got rid of my um my trampoline that i've had for like almost 20 years and you know i mean clock was ticking on that shit before some bad shit started happening with it um but so we like unearthed these posts we had the fucking the holes measured out in the other side of the yard so like we detached like a wall and fucking like five people like pick the fucking wall up and drop these posts in the other holes and shit like this. So it's like rebuilding like a, a 30 by 12 pen into a 20 by 16 pen on the other side of the yard. And obviously because two of the walls were my fence in that corner. Now it had to be turned into four walls and a roof and we're doing like a pitch on it and all of this shit. Cause now it's permitted now I'm now I'm gonna wind up getting chickens. Um, but this has been like an every night thing where it's like we're going out, we're doing a little bit, we're going out, we're doing a little bit. Like the shit's been moved from that spot. So like the dude came over and like checked off that it's moved and it's it you know it's satisfactory. The tree just just went away the other day because we got like an early estimate that was good, but then they fucking bailed and didn't show up. So now like. The tree's gone, the fucking pen's gone from where it was, but it's still, like, fucking, my, my ducks and, and, um, pigeons are still in fucking carriers, like, big carriers out there, and we're, like, fucking just a couple days away from getting the shit done, and, uh, the dude got hung up tonight, and ended up not being able to come over, like, we're, we're probably, like, a good solid day, day and a half away from, you know, getting the shit done, my bird's back in there. So it's going to be dope when it's finished, but like, this is, this is what I've been fucking like tied up with and I, and I work six days a week. So this isn't like, you know, like I could start off in the morning and then we could bang the shit out. Like everybody's got shit to do. So that's, that's just kind of what I've been fucking, uh, tied up with. And, uh, now obviously my, um, my lack of enthusiasm to do a podcast to begin with. And, uh, this, you know, all combined to, to this type of thing. So, um, anyway, the fuck else is going on uh lots of other shit um i did two races my two last races since the last time yeah this show's just gonna start out with me talking a lot about my own shit so i mean at some point or another you, you gotta be wondering what the fuck's up i mean if you're, you're a regular listener to this i mean number one 
you've been bored as a motherfucker because I don't do shows that often. <laughs> Number two, um, maybe you give a fuck. So uh, we'll just pretend you give a fuck and go with this. Um, so I did the Super Spartan race, which was the uh, third race of the trifecta, the Spartan trifecta. That's the fourth year in a row I've done the Spartan trifecta. Very, very happy with that. Spartan races are no fucking fun. Uh, they just, they're just grueling. And I mean, especially like this type of shit in July and the fucking Pocono Mountains and shit. This shit's brutal. So I was really happy about that. Um, a truck, we got there and um, like we're, we're going to park and shit. And there's this truck. This motherfucker was like early on the obstacles because this motherfucker was almost off the side of the fucking mountain with, with the truck. I guess he went to try to make a K-turn and thought he can go, like, a little bit down the hill with those back wheels. And the fucking wheels went a lot fucking lower than he thought. The girlfriend's just sitting in the passenger seat like, oh, this dude's got this. And you see fucking smoke coming off the wheels and it's spinning and spinning. And just, like, the barely the front end of that fucking truck is just hanging up on the road. I was like, yeah, this, this motherfucker's about to fall off the mountain. And uh, we had to weave around quite a bit. It was like the parking lot was crazy full. And uh, had to weave around a bunch of walk, probably like a fucking quarter mile just to get back to the uh, the site. And uh, his shit was still just hung up there when we got back. So <laughs> shit was fucked up. But um, yeah, I was, I was really happy with the race overall. Um, you know, it's again, it's just a grueling, grueling fucking race. Um, I think they're lighting up a little bit on some of the Spartan shit just because, um, I mean, it, you know, in the past they had like the, the bucket carry, it's pretty much like a Home Depot bucket and you fill it to the top with the fucking, those sharp gray rocks, um, that, you know, people do driveways and shit with, like fill it to the top. They had holes like around the top edge of the bucket and they wanted to make sure that like you covered those top holes with rocks they said, if any light comes through those holes, like, you got to do it again or some shit. I never had to do it again. I always made sure this shit was legit. But, um, but that shit, like, so you really could only carry it so many ways because there's a fucking, there's an open top bucket. But you'd see, like, motherfuckers spilling rocks all over the place and, like, people just not finishing it. And it was probably a lot of cleanup for them, you know, after the race. So I don't know if it was just that alone or, or what the case was. But this year they started putting lids on those fucking buckets. Now that there's lids on there, man, I fucking carrying that shit like is, is nothing. Because it, if you flip that bucket over, that lid's nice and smooth. Those fucking ridges on the bottom of the buckets, there's no handles and shit. You know, um, the, those ridges on the bottom of the buckets cut into your fucking hands or stomach if you got it pressed up against you and shit. So, like, the, the fucking... If you're like a first time dude doing it, you're not going to be like, oh, this bucket's awesome. But if you've done it a bunch of times without that fucking lid, this lid is like a fucking pleasure cruise. You know what I mean? So I was really happy about that. Uh, I was smashed the majority of the fucking obstacles on that. Um, that twister is still fucking killing me. Uh, if you look that shit up on the uh, Spartan shit, it's like this this crazy contraption in it. Like it spins like the handles spin as you go forward on it. And it, like it, it twists like the whole thing twists, and you gotta like grab a handle as you let go of one handle and grab the next one. The thing like twists and makes like these crazy like <laughs> you know fucking noises. But you gotta go through like fucking. There's so many handles on it, and uh, for whatever reason, it's just like one of these fucking obstacles that's killed me for a while. So I'm hoping uh 
I'm able to smash that shit next year, but we'll see. Um, going forward, a week a week later was Tough Mudder, which was my last race of the year. Uh, it was my, uh, what the fuck, uh, sixth Tough Mudder that I've done thus far. And um, I decided to do, because they, they started Tough Mudder is always like a, a long race. They just always had just like a long race. It was like 10, 10 plus miles. And it was always just like one big ass race. Well, they started to do like a more user friendly type shit. I guess uh, that's probably the word, wrong way to word it, but you get what I mean. And uh, they they wanted to try to crowd friendly, and they wanted to try to make it so just like more people could do it, like even people who can't do like that type of distance, so it, less discouraging to people. So they started doing a half mutter as well as a full mutter. So the half is about five miles. The half is five miles and the 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 hole is, is ten miles. So instead of doing one big race, they did like one lap would go this way and then the second lap would go a little bit different way. So you'd hit all different obstacles, but you'd be doing five miles the first lap, five miles the second lap, combining for your fucking ten your, you know, your, your tough mutter. So I decided like during it, yo, this is my last race. I'm fucking like, I want, I want to, I want to do a little more and shit. So I decided to do the fucking second lap twice before I finished, you know, cause these, are, these ones aren't timed either. The, the tough mutter standard ones. Um, they have like one now that they started doing where it's timed, but I'm not trying to do some shit where, like if, only let's say like five percent or ten percent of the motherfuckers are running choose to do the time one well then you'll never know how you landed amongst every fucking buddy so i want to like if the timing chip's not mandatory i'm not signing up to do the timing chip just to know how i ranked amongst the fucking five percent or ten percent of the entire field you know what i mean like that that to me doesn't really appeal to me as much um so I decided to do, you know, the, that fucking one and a half mutter. So I, I did the, um, the normal thing and it, it'll tell you like, uh, you know, go this way for the, the second lap or go forward to finish. So I did my first lap and then I did my second lap and then where it said like, go to finish. So I just bust that right and went back into that second lap again. So, you know, totaled out in 15 miles, um, and, and did the whole second set of obstacles twice. Um, the only obstacle that I failed on the second time was, uh, it's called Funky Monkey to Revo- Revolution. And, uh, I smashed it the first time, uh, because, uh, it's like, there's like a pole you shimmy down, like, you know, you, you got a shimmy on and, uh, like climb, you know, I don't know what the fuck you want. I guess shimmy's the right word. It always sounds crazy, but, um, it's like a straight pole, you know, hanging, uh, horizontally up so you go across that and then uh there's like a wheel like a big ass wheel like metal wheel and you gotta grab it and the fucking thing goes you know i mean as soon as you grab it you're fucking going so it swings down and then you gotta grab the next wheel just like that and then you're fucking going with that one then there's a sideways wheel that's got a little bit of a pitch on it. So when you grab it, you got to grab it with two hands and your whole fucking body is going to spin around to the other side. Up above you, you got to do somewhat of like a pull up and there's monkey bars up there. 
So when you pull up and you grab them, you're going to be backwards, and you got to turn yourself around on the monkey bars and go down the fucking monkey bars, and that's how you beat that obstacle. So in the past, they've had water beneath that. So if you failed, you fell into the fucking water, you know, no harm. Well, this, they just had, like, fucking wood chips and shit, and people were getting fucked up. And the first time I did it, I was super dedicated, so I didn't give a fuck. Like, I was, like, driven, you know what I mean? Like, I real focused on that shit. And uh, I didn't really give a fuck who, who died beneath me. So there was, like, a this one dude just, like, fucking landed on his tailbone and shit. And, like, he was, like, fucking doing that, like, Peter Griffin shit. Um, like, you know, but um, <laughs> he, he ended up getting, like, off, like, off the uh, wood chips and shit. So you could tell like he didn't get like major shit going on, but I, I I didn't give a fuck like I was I was going. So now the second time through when I hit that, I was like on the fucking second wheel, fucking going, and the fucking dude on on like the row next to me falls and like dislocates his fucking elbow or his fucking shoulder or something was like way the fuck out. And he's, like, screaming, and I'm trying to make these fucking transitions on this fucking wheel, and people are, like, running beneath me to fucking go go help this fucking guy that's, like, dying over here. And, like, when I grabbed the fucking wheel to spun around, I grabbed the wheel, and, like, I went to, like, look at the fucking the, the dude with his arm all fucked up as I went to pull up to grab the monkey bars, and my hand slipped, and I just fucking, yeah, it is, it's really not that far down. I mean, if you don't try to, like, fucking... I don't know how these dudes are doing it, but they're like flailing their whole fucking legs out from under them and then landing on their fucking arms and back and shit. But I just like landed on my feet. It wasn't really that high up, but it really definitely, the thing with a lot of these things is like, I saw a video on YouTube or fucking Facebook or some kind of shit where this big fat motherfucker was doing like a zip line and you know, he had no business doing a fucking zip line. So it's like, a lot of these tough mutter obstacles and shit, they'll put you up at a high place, but your body has no business being up there. Like you don't have the athletic ability to like get very far. So if, if they just get you to a high enough place to grab hold of something and then fall sideways, you're going to get fucked up. And this kind of lends its way to a lot of that shit. And it, like the, the video I was talking about the zip line thing, like that dude, he took like 20 minutes to take off. And then he finally did his shit and like, fucked himself up this shit was so crazy it's like how did you think that was gonna work out you cannot support your weight shit's crazy but um so that was the only thing like like i, I nailed the obstacle the first time and the second time it was like yo what the fuck this guy they, they had this other obstacle was dope as shit it was like um like a big ass spool and uh, this was called kong um kong infinity yeah um and it was like a big ass like spool, like a wooden spool, and it had rings on it. So you had to grab the rings, and it would turn on a track. Like as you grab the rings, it would roll. Like you had to keep rolling the fucking spool forward, and then like once you got all the way to the top, you could fucking transition on the monkey bars from there, and come down. That was pretty dope. Um, it was a crazy, crazy fucking line for it though. So um, that was one of those like. On the right-hand side, there was just, like, regular rings. You could go swinging across, or there was the spool. So the first time, I waited in the fucking crazy line, did the fucking spool thing, and then when I did the, the second lap for the second time, I just hit those fucking rings. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, 
the other thing though is they fucked up. They they fucked up heavy this year with the fucking tough mother because um I've never had a problem in the past with the fucking um with with lines or um they're always kind of crazy with some of the lines for obstacles because they they get a heavy ass field there. This one was in uh, Long Island by the way. Um, which I really, really enjoy doing the Long Island Tough Mudder because it's fucking, yeah, it's hot out there. You know, Tough Mudder's got, um, a lot of water in it. Uh, they have one obstacle that's called the Arctic Enema, and it's just like a fucking dumpster fucking lined with, with ice water. Just, just fucking straight up ice water in there. So when you do like a Tough Mudder in Jersey in October or in Philly in May, if you get a little bit of a cool day, even like 50s is not good. Because once you hit that fucking Arctic Enema shit, like, your body temperature doesn't get back up. Like, you're kind of fucked up. And I'm not really good with, like, that cold body type shit. So, it fucked me up. I did a, a couple years on, on both of those locations. And some years are better than others. But that shit could really suck. So, uh, I enjoy doing this shit in the, you know, the fucking the heat. So, um... But, uh, yeah. Uh, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, this year they had like when you signed up, usually they have you sign up and it's like, oh, you know what time you want to do it. This time sold out. This time sold out. You pick like, all right, I want to do it at 11 a.m. You fucking show up, you know, whatever, 1030, you know, you get your set ready. When you get to that fucking start line, 11 a.m., there's a fucking clock going and then like they do their little pregame speech and all of that shit. And, and when they hit fucking 11, boom, you're fucking off and running. These motherfuckers had people corralled like fucking, like, like cattle. This shit was crazy. I waited a fucking hour from my start time, and I was there fucking early before my start time. And you just kept hearing the fucking music start, and they would start giving their little fucking speech, and just have motherfuckers standing in these big-ass fucking groups, and they were letting, like, little bits through. And it was like, what the fuck? Because this year, they didn't even have, like, when you signed up, they were just like, we'll let you know a fucking week before the event what your time is. And uh, if you don't like it, you could fucking email us. So I was all right with the time, but apparently that system didn't work out really well because they wound up with like thousands, literally thousands of people for like an 11 o'clock start. It was like, what the, f- the fuck is going to go on here? Um, so, yeah, it was, it was crazy. They fucked that all up. So they need to really, really fix that. And again, put these fucking obstacles that that you got people falling on their fucking heads and, and arms and shit uh, above water. Because not everybody's equipped to be fucking grabbing on to shit up high. So once you put them up there, they're going to come down. Like, <laughs> what goes up must come down type shit. Um, so yeah, it's just, I don't know. But finished my race season successfully i did the uh bone frog race tier one came in second in my age group i did the spartan trifecta again and i did my sixth tough mutter so um i'm really happy about that going on to next year i definitely want savage race i've never done the savage race before i think they have one out in pennsylvania somewhere i'm gonna try to make it out to that definitely doing bone frog again definitely the fucking trifecta again and um Tough Mudder. I'll, I'll see if there's anything else I could pick up. Maybe do a little bit heavier of a race season next year. Um, and then I got back into fucking tattoo season now. Every three weeks now I got fucking appointments. I started my Oscar to Grouch right up above Animal, who, by the way, is fixed. He doesn't have his fucking scar on him no more. So fuck that Alex Cologne memory. Um, that That's all done. 
Um, so yeah, nailed the fucking three-hour session on this Oscar. He, he's looking dope. And uh, we go back in the end of this month for color on him and shit. And uh, then we move into Uncle Deadly. And then, uh, you know, from there we'll do Stoller and Wardorf and uh, Waldorf. And um, my left arm will be sleeved. So I'm having a good time. Um, what the fuck else? Yo, this this fucking Kiki challenge, right? Yo, motherfuckers acting like Kiki's the first woman that made him want to jump out of a moving car. <laughs> This shit's a, this shit is crazy though. Nah, I mean, these motherfuckers are really getting hurt. I, I can't laugh any harder than I have been at, at what's going on here. And then like the one dude, like he, he's like making fun of the challenge, and he just came out and he was like shit. He just shit out the, and like it definitely was like a passenger door. And and I ain't go like into any like depth with this shit, but like it damn sure looked like some of that shit hit the fucking the door man like his his boy must not have been that cool with with the this dude diarrhea shitting all over his fucking door this shit is crazy man i don't fuck with drake though i i really like i don't like his music at all like people say talented this and that obviously he's fucking filthy rich though his shit appeals to a lot of fucking people i do not fuck with drake's music i am not a fan man not all um Another music-related thing, right? I was listening to the fucking uh, What's Love track. You know, fucking Fat Joe, Ja Rule, and all this, right? Now, this fucking track starts out... Fat Joe goes, put the fucking beat on. Put the fucking mic on, he says, right? First off, Joe, the fucking mic's already on. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't fucking hear what you were saying. Second off, why are you so fucking mad for a fucking R&B track? Name of this fucking shit is What's Love, and you start off, put the fucking mic on. Like, I, I don't know why you're so angry right now. Like, I feel like you're a little bit too hyped up at the moment for this uh for this type of track. Yeah, you know I mean? Like, you weren't that mad when, when Papoose was fucking lacing you on that fucking diss track years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this was before that, but you, you know what I mean. And, and then, like, you know, his first... His first fucking line, like, it, it, slow down, baby. Like, maybe you should slow down, motherfucker. I mean, you, you just yelled at the engineer like he ain't shit. Put the fucking mic on. What the fuck did he do? You know what I mean? These motherfuckers. But uh, every time that shit comes on, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is his problem? You know? This isn't like, this isn't like, yo, I'm fucking ride out track. This is like some old R&B crossover shit. He's pissed off. So what can you do? Um, Alex Shelley retired. That I mean, that's got to be the craziest segue ever. Um, <laughs> not talent crazy, but just like fucking awkward. Alex Shelley. Um, that dude. He was always really talented. Um, when he first came into CZW is when I first time I saw him, and he was pretty much like touring with Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, him and Jimmy Jacobs were doing like a fucking thing. It happened a lot more, I think, back in the day where it was like. Chuck Taylor and Ricochet, uh, Fleisch and Storm, um, there were a bunch of them, there were a bunch of them that would, like, um, M-Dog and Josh Prohibition, like, motherfuckers would, like, grab their fucking homie from training and shit, and they would fucking take their match on tour, next thing you know, they'd be tagging and shit, you know what I mean, but, uh, those, those were the two at the time, 
Alex Shelley and um, Jimmy Jacobs. And then, you know, they kind of made, you know, obviously their own careers for themselves and, you know, made big names for themselves uh, going into the Motor City Machine Guns with Saban. And, you know, they, they did big things. I really never, like, I, I've obviously fallen off wrestling in the past, you know, couple of years, but um, they were doing a lot with fucking TNA. I think they were doing Japan and all sorts of shit like this. Um, maybe Ring of Honor? I don't know. But um, at some point they were doing Ring of Honor. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I I never really kept up with him as far as injuries and stuff were going. But obviously, some shit came down where um, you know, he ended up retiring. So, um, you know, he's always a really good wrestler. Always looked like Tom Hanks to me. Um, obviously, he could wrestle, and uh, you know, so good shit on him. Obviously, you know, he he found a reason he needed to retire, and yeah, he had a pretty fucking successful career, I think far as the indies go and you know i mean it's it's always a shame like when you get guys like that like motor city machine guns were like fucking top-notch tag team and wwe like the indie wave has really hit them and a lot of people kind of missed the boat on that i think you know what i mean it, it, people that came like just before that they kind of just had to watch it fucking develop after they fucking called the quits and that's that's probably one of those teams um let me see. Um, so, uh, Nikolai Volkov died. Um, he he was older, so that was kind of to be expected. Uh, not to be expected. He was just gonna die. But you know, everybody's got their day. And uh, he 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 was doing some uh some wrestling still, like in his like as as recent as this year, I believe. He wrestled DJ Hyde at some point. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, knock that off the bucket list, you know. <laughs> fucking, I'm sure Nikolai was like, before I go, I got to wrestle DJ Hyde. And uh, congrats to him on that. Rest in peace. And, uh, and then um, the same fucking day, Brian Christopher uh, hung himself in jail and shit. Um, I was never a fan of Too Cool, but obviously, you know, these dudes made a big impact, and, um, I mean, he was around doing a bunch of shit, you know, Jerry Lawler's kid and all of this, um, never knew much about him, you know, some people had some bad shit to say about him, New Jack, New Jack's on some bullshit, New Jack's always on some bullshit, um, because, unless you had some real, real personal shit with that dude individually, like, he, he doesn't like fucking Lawler and all that, so, like, he did just shit on his kid, like, when his kid dies, eh, that, that's a little rough, but, I mean, it, we're talking about New Jack, so it's not really, it's not really, like, shocking anything New Jack does at this point, you know, I mean, New Jack's career was based on being pretty fucking unprofessional, as far as I'm concerned, um, he might be a legend and all that shit, but, like, the shit throwing fucking Vic Grimes off the scaffolding and going on the video like, yeah, I wanted him to fucking die. Like, <laughs> well, you know, and then like the fucking mass transit shit because he just felt like he should take liberties on that dude. The other Crocodile Dundee dude, did he stab, he like literally stabbed the shit out of him like he was in prison. And like did like a recap on the shit on video, like here's where the knife got stuck in him. So I had to pull that shit out, put my foot on his face and pull that shit out of his back. It's just like, yo, what the fuck? This shit is, like, the most unprofessional shit ever. But somehow he gets, like, fucking crazy respect either way. 
But um, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's to be expected as far as that goes. Again, like I, I don't have any ties to Brian Christopher to say like, yeah, how dare that motherfucker? But consider the source, you know. That's all. So rest in peace to those cats. Um, that's a shame, you know. I mean, obviously, dude's young. You know, got his got his life all fucked up, and then wound up, you know, fucking killing himself. Uh, I guess uh, he hung himself, and uh, he was almost dead. And then they tried to save him, and couldn't. It's, it's a shame. So, uh, yeah, let me let me play this track real quick. Come back, and uh, I still want to talk about some fucking ZZW from what I've seen that's gone on and, and whatnot. All right. Possibly a lot of rain this afternoon with thunderstorms, highs in the mid-80s, and lows about 75 degrees. It's 11.30 a.m. on WFDS. We're from the Dark Side Radio. This is Dave Rock and Reel as we take a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Ross from North, and I want to hear that tune by Redman. Can't wait. That tune a bomb, yo. You got it. Coming from the Dark Side Radio. This is Can't Wait. Fuck! 
housing projects. I'm ready to be your contingent to split your guts. Grab the rail. If you can't skate on my lines when I rock well, got wits like Fidel, shit's a ball like hot nail. Ricky T rocket, mighty best of locks. Wait, niggas like toxic, wet like a lot. Can I handle my biz? Yes, she can. I cause chaos and bring a lot of death to jail. Yes, I can. Now act stupid, I'll pop the crow. Now give me up a bow, Ooh, cool, smooth like two blue suede shoes. Y'all faggot slept on my half minute cool. Word to Zantan, pillow and cool B. Switching speeds like Bruce Lee, right in the Fuji in the movie. I drop it on the one, fuck the two, three. Smoky like a box of coochies on loosely. Yo, yo, I said, switching up speed like Bruce Lee, right in the Fuji in the movie. I be saying shit. Now, if you didn't get it, lie down and then figure the shit out when you get home. <laughs> yeah, alright. Um the fuck was I gonna talk about? Um You know, my kids get all hyped up every time they see like National Ice Cream Day, free ice cream somewhere, or like um free Slurpees at 7-Eleven on 7-Eleven day and shit like that. They're always coming as a free this free. I told them like every single ice cream you've ever eaten has been free. Like like what what are you so excited about? Because I've paid for every fucking ice cream you've ever eaten, so it's not like <laughs> shit makes it. I guess it's just easier for them to get like a yes if maybe if there's a free thing going on, but it more just strikes me as fucking awkward because. Uh, they they haven't been paying for it all along. Um, LeBron James is the fucking man. I mean, I, I've said it time and time again. But the guy is, is the fucking man. And, um, you know, people will continue to want to shit on him. And and the, the different things that have been said is just absurd you know the majority of the hate is centered around the fucking decision the decision video you know the 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 decision special when he decided what team he wanted to fucking go to like that was so so terrible and crushing to people's fucking likes and wants and just their sensitivity They, they had no ability to handle that shit when, when the fucking Kardashians are filthy fucking rich, every fucking one of them, the cousins and nephews and fucking their dog and and Honey Boo Boo is fucking paid out the ass for being fucking trash. And, and like show after show of just complete garbage is is fucking fine. When you have, and I'll defend this forever, when you have the most fucking famous basketball player currently playing in the NBA and like you could you know you can get into the Jordan debate and all of that but I'm not talking even about of all time or this or that when LeBron James decided to go to fucking Miami everyone wanted to know where the fuck he was gonna go I think the maddest motherfuckers are the people who wanted him in his fucking in their city and then when that wasn't the fucking call they, they, they were pissed off but LeBron has been a fucking beast in the NBA for all this fucking time. So for for him to not deserve to say, hey, like, l- let's make a fucking let's let's make a special out of what the fuck I'm gonna. Everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's wondering what the fuck am I gonna do? 
So we'll fucking run a one-hour special and we'll give the fucking proceeds to charity. Oh, what a dickhead for doing that, right? For years, this fucking guy has been donating prom dresses to fucking under underprivileged kids. Um, this, this what he just did, building this I Promise school. You know, this, this dude went to L.A., but he doesn't forget his fucking home. And he and he take care he takes care of where the fuck he's from. So he invested back in Akron and he he gave this this uh I promise school he built. And included in the I promise school is free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle and helmet because the dude had gotten around so much in his early years on a bike that he felt that it was necessary that every kid had the same means of transportation to, to get out and do what they want to do with their life and, and have something, you know, to, to get up and get out there, you know? And, and I could appreciate that too, because like when I was a kid, there was a lot of kids that run around stealing bikes and shit. You know what I mean? If suddenly like everybody that's going to the school gets a fucking bike, well, you know, they, not to say that that completely eliminates people stealing bikes, but like, it's probably not as much of a thing. You know what I mean? Uh, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, food pantry for the family, GED and job placement service for the parents. So not only are they trying to take care of the kids, they're trying to really fucking help the whole household through this school system and guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates. That shit is fucking monumental. So, I mean, this is this is why I say when people just shit on him, I hate LeBron. I don't like you. Like I don't I don't like you if that's your fucking feeling about the guy that has this type of heart that is this type of fucking stand-up model fucking citizen, an amazing basketball player on top of it, I understand if you don't like him because he's beating your team every year. I, I, I could understand that. But if you have, like, a legitimate deep-down hatred for this dude, I don't like you. It's just, there, there's nothing about me that could that could be like, oh, I could understand why you'd hate someone that does so much. Yeah, because... That's logical for you to just can't stand someone that's fucking helping his community this way. Like, I see these motherfuckers, like, there's some, like, L.A. fans that are mad and shit. They don't want LeBron there or whatever the case is. They hated him to begin with, and now all of a sudden he's going there. And, you know, they're they're just pissed off. And I see these motherfuckers, like, yo, he was... He was, yeah, I can understand, like, the Summer League shit, but, like, he's out there in Lakers shorts already. Like, yo, you didn't even play for the team yet. First off, like, they signed this dude for crazy fucking dough. You're mad at the shorts? You're mad at this motherfucker wearing shorts? Yo, any motherfucker that's never played for the fucking Lakers or, or even at the fucking, like, the local fucking half court, there's motherfuckers who will never, ever show up to a half-court basketball game. You can go out there and rock Lakers shorts. This motherfucker got signed to an enormous contract and is the best basketball player currently playing the game, and you're mad that he's rocking his shorts preseason? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Y'all motherfuckers are the problem. You act like he's the fucking problem. You're like, <laughs> they got mad because someone painted a mural. They act like he was out there with a fucking paintbrush. 
Foster. Like, you know, how's he going to call himself the king of L.A.? Like, well, I mean, he definitely didn't paint that shit on the wall there. But, I mean, you could be mad. (laughs) Shit is crazy. Shit is crazy to y'all think that he's the fucking problem. And then you got our president. Our president is out there talking shit, calling him dumb, saying all this wild shit. Like, this is embarrassing. This is tremendously embarrassing. He's another one that, like, if if you guys can can seriously side with everything he's saying and be like, yep, that's that's the guy, that's that's our president. Like, if you really back up a fucking president who's gonna be out there, like, LeBron went out there and fucking did what he did, and not a week later, the president is calling him dumb. Like, yo, there is way bigger fucking things to deal with than trying to fucking bury a guy who's doing good for a fucking community. If every fucking high-paid athlete did this type of shit across the entire country, we're talking baseball, football, basketball, hockey. If just the just just let's just say like the fucking participants of both All-Star games, you know, both sides, you know, East, West, whatever the case is, uh, AFC, NFC, the fucking participants of both fucking all-star pro bowl those games those motherfuckers did the same type of shit that lebron did this fucking country would be a million times fucking better and i'm not saying that every one of these guys you know have to do that or they ain't shit i'm just saying like to not fucking give this guy credit because he doesn't agree with your policies or he doesn't like the fact that you're telling him to shut up and play basketball Meanwhile, he's out there making this fucking change in his community. If you could really back that fucking president and say, yep, that fucking guy's standing up for what's right. Like, come on, man. I, you know, I, I was not for this Trump thing whatsoever. But obviously, you know, you root for the best type of thing to happen because it's our country. Like, win, lose, or draw, no matter who's in charge, you want our country to thrive. So you're not rooting against this guy, but like, even if you voted for him, you gotta be able to look at this shit and go like, shit, like, why does he have to do that? Dude, like, you, you gotta, you have to be smart enough to be like, fuck, why is, why is this guy getting into this shit? This shit is crazy. I mean, this shit is just absolutely absurd. So, just, just fucking nutty. Um, the president is feuding with basketball players. And the basketball player is being the better dude and taking the higher ground and not fucking Twitter battling with the guy. But the president is on some shit. And it's funny, too, because hey, I posted this thing the other day that someone did uh, put together a bunch of his his praise. He was saying some shit, like, back when he was, you know, with the Miami Heat. And he's like, yeah, LeBron's a great guy. And as a, as a property owner in Miami, I'm really rooting for LeBron. He's just a great guy. And, and then, like... Years later, he's pissed off at him. He's like, "Yeah, fuck him. I like Mike better." And then, like, even fucking Mike stepped up and was like, "Yeah, like I'm supporting LeBron on this one." <laughs> it's like, "Fuck out of here, dude." So, um, it's just, it's just crazy, man. This, this country's on some wild shit right now. You know, um, um. TJ, TJ from TJ and Friends had a um, terrible tragedy go on where his fucking house burnt down, and uh, I guess him and his kids were up in the top floor 
bottom engulfed in flames and his neighbor came in and helped him, saved him and his kids. And, uh, you know, they lost everything. So, um, yeah, anything you could do to help those guys out. Uh, I think they got the link up on my page. If not, you could search it. You could find it. Um, just go to, you know, GCW's deal or Tremont's deal. You'll, you'll find the links up there. Um, and, uh, Tremont I know is doing some shit where he's raising a bunch of, you know, um, He's collecting, you know, different toys for the kids because, you know, they, they lost everything. Toys, clothes, food, anything you could do to help out. You know, bulldozers, collectibles, collecting shit over there. I'm sure a lot of these wrestling shows locally are going to be helping out and, and doing collections and stuff like that. They got a GoFundMe page. So, you know, share it up, you know, make sure people, you know, hear about it. And, uh, you know, from I don't know the dude personally much. I know this dude has gone above and beyond as far as uh, helping GCW and, and uh, On Point Wrestling and the different companies like that, that, um, you know, he's really putting passion and, and, and work and, and heart into trying to get the, these companies distributed and, uh, you know, just, just really get eyes on them and exposure and, and do different things with the cameras to really get shit noticed and pop out in ways that it wasn't wasn't being before. So, um, you know, shout out to that dude. Hope everything fucking turns out in the right direction for him. And, um, you know, if anybody could help out, go go hit him up. Um, CZ fucking W. Um, so Tremont is going out. Last last show. For CZW for a while he says but he says for good but for a while um, now l- let me just fucking be clear about how fucking dismal that CZW is um, Jeremy good friend of the show good friend of mine uh, also host of I got you five stars uh, he uh, went and got Schlack to tattoo a fucking insane portrait of Matt Tremont. This, this motherfucker went out there and did like eight fucking hours of fucking work. Like, yo, I am not about that shit right now. Like, I, I, I did a couple like five, six hour sessions on uh, my forearms with the tiger stripes and shit. Like, it might not even look like that, but like, if you look close, there's there's so much lines, line work and detail in there and shit. That you gotta look. And uh, he did, like, so much fucking lines and lines. It's not just orange. There's, like, so many fucking lines. Like, thousands of fucking lines. So, we did, like, six-hour sessions on some of that shit. And, um, fuck, man. Like, I just hated life, like, during that. Like, everything past four hours was just, like, the worst thing ever to me. And uh, you can call what the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, I do some pretty impressive athletic shit. Uh, again, I've, I've tolerated this, this six hour deal a couple times, but I'm able to do this type of shit and, and get past some tough shit like that and just go, all right, never again. Like, I don't need to keep like pushing the fucking limits and, uh, you know, trying to, I don't know. It's just not for me. And, um, Yeah, I I don't know. I, so fucking eight hours, man. I'm forty years old. I'll be fucking damned if I do eight hours of that shit, man. Look, I I, I got a lot of tattoo work to go. I'll do fucking three hours at a time every couple of weeks. 
fucking another three hours. Fucking plug away. I, I don't need to get that shit in fucking eight hours. But shout out that I do for fucking going through that shit. And, you know, Schlack, that's the thing. Schlack's an amazing artist. He really is. Like, you know, when you look at that crazy looking motherfucker, man, you you wouldn't think just like, yo, that dude, I bet you that dude could draw some shit. <laughs> like, you don't think like that dude's just gonna have like artistic ability you think he's just gonna be like pulling phone books apart and shit like that like doing that like pco shit where he's bending metal with his face but uh this dude could draw his ass off he's a great artist he really is but you know this dude's fucking pain tolerance is insane so when you get a guy like that tattooing you like i don't i don't see that dude being like oh you, you doing all right he'd be like what are you a pussy <laughs> like what are you, what would you flinch for? We're only on our sixth hour of fucking tattooing the same spot on your fucking leg. Like, <laughs> that shit, to me, that shit's intimidating, man. Going out and fucking getting tattooed by a guy that, like, fucking chews glass and fucking throws filing cabinets and motherfuckers' faces and shit. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. So, so again, props to that dude for, for his ability and his talent and motherfuckers who will sit there in front of him and, uh, let Schlack have at their fucking skin for eight hours. But uh, great, great fucking portrait of Matt Tremont. This dude went fucking eight hours sitting there getting fucking tattooed of it with a dude's face. And when dude, less than a week later, a couple days later, last, last match in CZW, Jeremy didn't show up. This dude got the, his face permanently tattooed on his body. But that CZW match didn't didn't draw him. That's how bad CZW is. That's how fucking bad CZW is. And Jeremy tried to give CZW another chance, and he went to that Asbury show. And then you go on, I got you five stars, and, and listen to the review of that. And he said, like, yo, they fucked me again. He's like, they drew me in. I thought it was going to be dope. And they fucked me again. Like, this dude was pissed off. Like, yo. They fucking tricked me <laughs> into going there and thinking it was going to be dope. And they put on shit. Um, that's where CZW's at right now. Like, legit. Um, they're doing another fucking heel owner fucking situation. Another fucking heel owner angle. Holy shit. Matt Tremont. Let's just get into some fucking, uh, let's get into this match because I actually seeked out and watched this match. I ain't watching the fucking show. I'll be goddamned if I watch that fucking show. Not doing it. But I had to see that match because to me, it may, it, it means something to me. It does. And, um, and I, and I honestly, I got to recognize and I, you know, I even, uh, beforehand I really had some some feeling about it that you know this is a big moment for Dan O'Hare Dan O'Hare is a guy who you know I, I didn't know he's get along with at all you know he's got some strong opinions and I got strong opinions too so you know if he feels strongly about something in an opposite way that I do you know we're, we're bound to butt heads like so we had some words on Facebook uh, probably a couple of years ago now and since then we've had you know exchange a couple you know uh private messages that we've been way, way nicer to each other. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's an all right dude in my book. Um, 
He's worked really hard. I've always seen him as a dude that was like, man, for a student, this dude looks like he's 40. Yeah, I mean, and uh, that maybe maybe he is. I, I don't really know age-wise, but the dude keeps working hard. And I know as a guy who's older and doing athletic shit, shit gets harder, not easier, you know. Um, I, again, I don't really know his age, but he's not 20. He's not fucking 22. So, um but the dude, you know, he's out there working hard, you know, and doing doing a fucking tag team shit with Schlack has got to be tough, too, because, you know, Schlack is so, so fucking over, and O'Hare being just like the other guy, you know, he's got to work pretty fucking hard to get himself noticed. Now, Matt Tremont, you know, noticed his efforts and, and what he was doing and, and the way he's been stepping up and fucking decided his last match in CCW is going to be against Dan O'Hare. Big fucking moment for Dan O'Hare, especially when he's left holding the fucking, holding the spotlight, you know? Tremont walks away, you know, people have fond memories of that match, and there's one man left of that match to fucking, to pay to see every month, and that's gonna be Dan O'Hare. Um, this, this was a really good match. I really enjoyed the match, crazy shit, a lot of back and forth fucking spots, um, you know, they use tubes and shit. Tubes over there in the fucking, uh, what you call it there? Fucking, uh, I forget what the fuck, Colossal Sports. They weren't allowed, I, I was worried about that for, for a minute, you know, overall, just because they, they proclaimed that their home, but then they said some shit like, you know, the cookie guy couldn't fucking bring cookies in there because the crumbs would get in the AstroTurf and that would fuck shit up. And I'm like, man, death matches are dead forever in CZW because if cookies are too rough for the fucking turf, you know, goddamn well, glass isn't getting fucking thrown around in there. No thumbtacks or any of that kind of crazy shit. They're worried about fucking cookies. So, surprisingly enough, glass, all that shit. Um... Really good shit, entertaining shit. Uh, you know the the shit down at the end. Here, here's here's again the fucking problem. CCW is really grasping at straws, and now they they go down this route again, doing the fucking heel owner fucking gimmick with a with a uh, with a faction, and they got like Brandon Kirk, Kid Osborne, um fuck else, uh, Connor Claxton, um, and DJ, DJ, I don't give a fuck what anybody in the world says, and the majority of the people in the world say the exact same thing that I'm gonna say, is he's terrible, he's been doing this shit for a long time, he's tremendously awkward, there's nothing smooth about that dude, not on the mic, not in the ring, not in his fucking movements, not in his actions, not in his, 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 camera work nothing he's doing in the ring looks smooth or comfortable this shit looks awkward as fuck everything he's ever done has looked awkward which we'll get to in a minute um after the whole ccw um so what do they do and dj is is so fucking infamous for this Matt Tremont is leaving CZW. Now, look, I, I, I'm not Matt Tremont. I could sit here and speculate the, the reasons why he's leaving CZW, but he did hint that the direction has a good part to do with it. 
he he did mention that you know uh, the the way that the company has gone and the this and the that, and then he mentioned you know the politics and the GCW and that type of you know feud shit that he doesn't want a part of, and I and I get it because Matt Tremont is a very um, non political. He doesn't like drama. He doesn't like the politics and that, that type of shit. He's not into it. Um, he he's been just a tremendously respectful fucking professional wrestler and um yeah anyone you hear talk about Matt Tremont is very complimentary of how he conducts business um so and 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 just to go you know further with Tremont before we get into DJ because who gives a fuck um Matt Tremont is is you know what he he was saying out there he did pick up CCW and put it on his fucking back you know, when Gage was in prison and Drake left, you know, Drake kind of, you know, converted himself more into, uh, you know, wrestler, wrestler. And then he, next thing you know, he he ended up signed and, he, you know, he's been a ref, you know, and brain damage was gone and, and Bailey was gone. So many of the deathmatch heroes, Necro fucking got all his, you know, blood shit go on. And he was gone. Now he just looks like a fucking pedophile. Um, and, uh, you know, like everybody who was like the fucking heroes of deathmatch wrestling was gone. Matt Tremont showed up and became the fucking hero of deathmatch wrestling. He became the guy. I mean, you had your guys like Masada. Masada's a huge crowd favorite. Masada's a guy who was always a crusher. He was always able to go with fucking anybody out there. But there weren't that many that were going to be great oppositions to a guy like Masada. There, there wasn't really that many that were going to be able to stand up to that type, that caliber. And, and to be that energetic with the crowd such as like a gauge or a drake or all that because masada you know he's an imposing force and he's a bad motherfucker but he's not like a big get the crowd hype fucking energetic kind of guy he's you know he's a dangerous dark fucking bad motherfucker you know it's just it's just a different type of character there's nothing wrong with what he does there's just you know you, you need you know different types of wrestlers and there's Ones that are going to be screaming at the fucking crowd, getting everybody riled up like, you know, Gage does half the time or, you know, Drake had his his times of doing that fucking, you know. And Matt Tremont was is just the fucking definition of that that guy. He was a guy in the crowd. He knew exactly what the fucking crowd wanted because he was one of them. Um, and the things he's done and, and, and I've said it before. This fucking guy turned himself into a mutant within, like, fucking four years. Like, this dude looked like a young kid getting into the wrestling business, and now he looks like he's fucking 45 years old, and he's, like, fucking far younger than me. This dude's, like, in his 30s, maybe? Like, early 30s? Something like that. Maybe not even. I I mean, I I forget his age uh, offhand. I'm bad with that type of shit. But, um, I mean, no, no fucking way do do I look older than Matt Tremont <laughs> and I'm 40. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has really fucking sacrificed himself for what he loves. He's done every fucking thing he could possibly do in deathmatch wrestling from 
you know, getting Onita over here to fucking winning every deathmatch tournament to carrying a lot of people, you know, in the, that ring that, that made them look good, including fucking DJ Hyde. And, and DJ Hyde followed Matt Tremont carrying that feud and taking the pain and punishment and the fucking abuse that that was needed for that feud to get over. For for those cage of death matches, for those tangled web matches, for any of those things to work the way that they did, it needed someone to be able to take the amount of abuse that Matt Tremont did. It needed someone to fucking step up and damn near die to get the crowd into what the fuck was going on out there. To invest in that shit the way that they did. DJ will never understand that. DJ will never understand that... He he's such a small, insignificant role in that feud. If Matt Tremont doesn't do what he fucking did out there, DJ Hyde taking an occasional bump here and there and this and that, and just being like a hated character, anyone could fucking do that. It's the guy on the other side that's actually popping the fucking crowd. Because if you don't have someone that's gonna light the fucking crowd on fire. I don't give a fuck how bad they hate you. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The days of you know, just really wanting that guy beat up because you don't like him and buying a ticket to see that, that is over. It's fucking over. It's not, this isn't real. You know what I mean? This, it, the, the thrill is gone with a lot of this shit. Um, you might get, you know, fucking low-key in the ring and be like, oh, low-key DJ Hyde. Like, oh, shit, I want to see what low-key. But that becomes, again, what low-key is going to do. And please, someone book that. Someone make that fucking happen. I don't think Loki would ever agree to it, but please make that happen somewhere. Um, again, that that has everything to do with the fucking with the the offense. That has to do with the um, the guy who who's on the attack, not not the fucking recipient. Like if you think the recipient's a piece of shit and you want to see this fucking guy stiff the shit out of him, well that. That's one thing, but you need the guy on the other end that that has that support, that has that interest. Because th- there's no interest on the other side, it doesn't matter. So DJ is, is really like a fucking interchangeable part. You know, anyone could fucking fill that role. So it, it didn't take a lot of talent in it. And that goes to his very most famous match ever, the fucking Thumbtack Jack match. That, that was shock and awe of value. That was just shock and awe of what Thumbtack Jack was doing with the fucking syringes and the cinder blocks. That's all that was. Anyone could have been on the other side of sticking fucking sin, uh, syringes through the fucking cheeks and shooting water into the fucking crowd. Anyone could have caught a fucking cinder block in the fucking head and the crowd would have did the same exact thing. That's not talent. That's not ability. That's nothing. That's just being a stupid fucking asshole to take a cinder block into the head and the wrong cinder block. So you just took like a blunt cinder block, like an idiot. But again, that's, that's DJ Hyde at his finest at his very finest was a, a guy getting over on shock and awe and him just being the other guy. That, that That's all that was. Um, but Matt Tremont really, he's embodied what the fuck gets the crowd hyped. What, what on point wrestling was built off Matt Tremont's back. And, you know, shout out to Loudy and everything else, but that fucking crowd followed Matt Tremont to On Point Wrestling. Straight up and down. That that That's the heart and fucking soul of On Point Wrestling, whether Loudy wants to hear that or not. Uh, I'm pretty sure you would have agreed with that for a lot of years, and maybe you will, maybe you wouldn't now. But uh, that that's 100% that. And you could see 
what H2O is doing and what they're going to continue to do. And I guarantee you that that company is going to succeed. And it's because of Matt Tremont and, and what he will put on his back and what he will do and sacrifice to make that company what it's, what it needs to be. Um, so I, I give him all the respect in the world. And for him to walk away from CZW and again, like he's a guy that just doesn't want to commit to it. It'll be like, um, this is my last match at CZW for now. I'm going to be gone for a while. And like, he can't even in his own, like I'm walking away speech. He can't fully commit to like, I got to go away guys. This has been great. Not going to see you again. It'd be like, I'll be around though. <laughs> so you're telling me you'll never fucking climb in the ring again. You're not retired and you're going to be around all the time. And there's never going to be a time where you just fucking come on. I, I give six months, um, maybe a year before he's back in a CZW ring. But, uh, either way for him to want to walk away, it shows CZW is, is dead. I mean, he, CZW has been dead. And on top of that, you know, you got this fucking heel owner thing, heel this and that. You got all fucking Tremont's friends in the ring. And then you got DJ Hyde, big fucking heel owner angle guy. There he is standing there like, yep, fucking love you, Matt. Like, what the fuck, man? This is what I mean. Like, this this, this shit is, is so lame where it's like, all right, DJ, you're taking over. You're fucking beating people up. You're fucking you're running this company rough and people getting your way are getting fucking smashed. This guy's like, I'm fucking leaving. And you're like, yeah, it's been nice buddy. Fucking I'll stand in the ring with all these other guys who don't work for me anymore. And it, it's just fucking weird. It's awkward. And, and it's crazy because like he pretty much started that fucking angle as far as I could see. Cause again, I don't follow this shit month to month. I, I kind of follow wrestling at this point casually through Facebook occasional match clips, an occasional match, reading results, that type of thing. And then just based off of what I used to know and like uh, whatever about, you know, stuff. And CCW will always have like a soft spot for, despite the fact that I hope it fucking dies like immediately. Like I, I am so done with seeing it exist in, in the, the form that it is now because I, I used to love it so fucking much. And uh, it's just, it's just become such a fucking joke. And it, it's, it's just, it's a shell of its formal, to say it's a shell of its former self, it's saying that there's anything left it, that it used to be. And there's not, there's really not. It's a complete joke. Um, so DJ's out there doing his fucking spiel and this and that. And I just, just being part of that is just so fucking weird. He started this angle to the best of my knowledge on the same show where there was a farewell. Instead of fucking starting that shit the very next show, where Tremont's gone already. You don't have to stand in the ring with the giant fucking baby face and act like everything's cool when you're supposed to be a ruthless fucking owner. You know what I mean? Like, you just wait five minutes, and now it doesn't look stupid. But DJ's too dumb to fucking know that. DJ's too dumb to fucking look at that and go, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll fucking... Yeah, maybe maybe I'll just fucking pump my brakes on this and and wait until the fucking smoke clears from one of the biggest superstars in the recent fucking CZW history to walk away, and then I'll start my dumb fucking angle and make it all about me. But no, he's he's just not intelligent enough for that. 
He's not. This is why CCW is where they are. And they keep fucking making their ridiculous statements. And, oh, the tickets are flying. They're not flying, asshole. We're going to see the fucking crowd on the, on, on the DVD. It's not going to look good. The crowds are fucking tiny. It's just... They're dwindling down. You got guys like Michael Adecchio who paid $85 for a fucking track jacket a couple of years ago. $85 for a fucking windbreaker. This motherfucker hasn't been to a show since fucking April. I mean, guys, you're in fucking trouble. You're in big fucking trouble. Tickets are not flying. Stop it. I mean, maybe that's your way to, like, hurry up and buy them because they're flying. Like, shut up. People are going to get here and be like, where did they fly to? <laughs> Do you fly tickets elsewhere? Because this is some bullshit. Uh, it, it sucks. And um, Jimmy Lloyd, look, Jimmy Lloyd went out there and fucking killed it at TOD. Absolutely killed it. I gave him props, said, you know, and this is a dude I have shit on fucking countless times because it is. You know, shit was not going well for this dude, and uh, it, it wasn't a good look out there for a lot of the shit he was doing. A lot of the stuff he was doing, he was getting into way too fucking fast, going into GCW and having fucking, you know, uh, piles of light tube matches, like fucking second match on the card for no fucking botching spots all over the fucking place, and for no fucking reason, just just to do it. So... But to go forward and, like, now this is, like, your number one baby face in the company, oh, this this is not a good look. This is not a good look. You get a guy like that that killed it on fucking TOD. You put him in some good fucking matches that are going to spotlight him. You put him in some good situations where he could continue to do some good deathmatch shit, some good hardcore shit, some crazy fucking bumps. They're going to keep the crowd going, fucking, yeah, I like this guy do that don't fucking put him in the you know main guy against the authority fucking role like this isn't he's not stone cold steve austin he's fucking jimmy lloyd he's not gonna battle the vince mcmahon corporation with the fucking yeah i mean like what what the fuck is going through your head to think that this is this is the move and then you go forward on this where evolve Back in the day, CZW would have a spot on the fucking show. CZW would have some kind of fucking angle on the fucking show involving Evolve talent and, and, and crossing back over into CZW. And, and Zandig would be mad about it because it didn't benefit CZW the way it should have in the long run. But he'd, he would do his best to try to do business with them and he'd make some kind of shit happen. And this is what you'd have. But it would have some fucking tie-in on the show. They put DJ Hyde... On some shit, the fucking, the pretzel vendor had a more fucking solid spot on that fucking show than DJ Hyde and Jimmy Lloyd. They had these motherfuckers standing in the lobby on some shit. This was their fucking spot. These motherfuckers were standing out there and they did like one of those backstage Monday Night Raw spots. Where like, you know, the one guy comes running up and starts punching the other guy. So, you imagine, like, that spot, right? So, if you didn't see that, let me just describe it. It's like one of those, uh, you know, backstage beatdown spots. Now, imagine if both participants were retarded. So, like, imagine, like, if $5 Wrestling did the same spot that I'm talking about. That's what happened. That's, that's what happened. The owner of CZW 
stands there looking fucking awkward. Like, ridiculously awkward. Jimmy Lloyd comes running the fuck over, lays horrible fucking punches. This is supposed to be like a shoot angle. Throws horrible fucking work-looking punches. And DJ Hyde, like, no-sells them. Like, he doesn't fall down. He doesn't allow, like, Jimmy Lloyd to throw him into a wall. He doesn't, like... They just immediately break up and then, like, throw Jimmy Lloyd out of the building. And it's like, yeah. So, at what point do you think people are going to go, Oh, I can't miss that fucking CZW show now that that bullshit happened? Like, what the fuck is that? And and I've always hated the fucking... uh, heel owner gimmick because it's like if you really hated the other guy why the fuck do you keep hiring him why do you keep like fans are smart enough to go like all right you booked this shit so when like the face comes running in and he does some shit you don't like it's like yeah but but you booked that shit to happen like we're not we're not children like we know that like you booked this shit you put on a good show we do our best to you know suspend disbelief and go along with a story but like if you're like get in the ring, get on the mic and be like, "What are you doing here again?" It's like I don't know. You fucking booked him, bro. Like, what the, what the fuck you think he's doing here again? You know what I mean? You guys are sitting at a fucking convention like two feet away from each other like last weekend. What the fuck you think he's doing here? You know the the, the kayfabe where you could just pretend like you don't know what's going on as the owner in the ring. Like, stop it already. You know, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And um. It's just, it's so fucking embarrassing. This is a company that has existed for almost 20 fucking years. And they're doing this little fucking retard spot in the lobby of another show with a show full of matches that people care about far more than anything on your show. Like, far more. What is this fucking, uh, this show coming up? Um... See if I could pull up the fucking. CZW. Uh, let me see if it loads up. Because they're doing like. It's called Business as Usual. Now, Business as Usual. This is the one that tickets are flying for. You got. Joey Ryan versus Anthony Green. This is a dude who is making uh, Zubas look really fucking stupid. Uh, He's got like a retro gimmick, I guess. It's irritating. You know, I'm a I'm a big Zubas guy. I um, you know, I was born in '78. I had Zubas the first time around, and um, you know, the past couple years I started rocking the shit out of these things. And I mean, they're really just I'm fucking. I got the black and gold ones on right now uh, i pretty much wear them just about every night like they're like just the most comfortable shit so after work they're on a fucking pair of those they're, they're so fucking comfortable and uh obviously you know the animal print shit and i have like fucking 15 pairs of these things but um yeah when you see people doing like an over-the-top goofball shit with them like eh, all right enough already can you just walk away from that but uh i don't know so that's like his gimmick and then joey ryan shit I, i'm not into that at all so this is CZW. Like, tell me what part of this this show is, is CZW. Like, especially business as usual. Like, the 
is Anthony Green like a home CCW guy now? Like, is he like a full fledged like you know regular roster member that people are going out for? Again, I don't I don't follow it quite that much at all. So maybe he is, but you know it it always made more sense to me for you to bring guys in to help put over your talent. And again, maybe Anthony Green, this is the wave of the future for them, but that's, again, a, a bad look for CZW. Um, uh, they're bringing in uh, Trent Beretta, or Trent Question Mark, whatever you want to call him. And he, he's going to wrestle, um, the fuck is his name, uh, Myron Reed. Which, again, this is like, this is like uh, Ohio is for Killers B-Squad. And he's a talented dude. Him and the Trey McGuell dude, they're they're talented dudes. I've I've seen very limited of them, but from what I I hear, they're very very impressive. But again, this is just like the second wave of Ohio guys. You know, first you had you know Sammy and and the, the Chris, and then you had uh, Zach Wentz and Desmond Xavier, and then this guy gets signed and that guy gets signed and this guy gets booked and that guy gets booked. I'm like, who else you got from Ohio? Oh, we got uh, Trey McGuell. We got Myron Reed. Okay, yeah, bring those guys over. So now those guys are like the main fucking push CZW guys. And, uh, you know, Zach Wentz is still a main main guy. Um, uh fucking uh ricky shane page dan o'hare maybe this will continue you know a a a push of dan o'hare and dan o'hare getting you know some more spotlight coming off that matt tremont match this would be a really good match for him to continue a role and get um some momentum behind him and get the fucking crowd following him you know because there really really needs to be some stepping up in this company to form some some sort of identity, because they don't have, they do not have it right now. Um, Connor Claxton and Brandon Kirk of The Office versus Mance Warner and Mitch Vallon. I can't imagine. Um, what else? I'm looking for more matches. I know there's more. Uh, Joe Gacy versus Wheeler Yuta. I haven't seen too much of Wheeler Yuta. Uh, I've heard he's all right. Uh, but, again, like, I, this really just seems like somewhat of a B show. But most of their shows do these days. It's like a half a Dojo War show. Um, I thought they had something else on this, too. Uh, the rep's going to be there. There was originally supposed to be a blackout thing. That is canceled. That is not happening. I've heard some, some things about that, but I'm not going to get into everything about that um what else oh uh they're bringing in fala ba which i think sucks quite a bit uh that's that's a wrestle pro all-star over there tna brought him in so suddenly dj gives a fuck and uh, i think he's garbage absolute garbage um I had wrestlers tell me the same thing like hey what do you think about this guy and they're like oh that guy's trash so uh you know, but this this is the face of CZW now. This is what CZW is bringing in. This is what it's coming to. Um, you know, I mean, the poster has, like, these type of guys. The two biggest faces on the, the Combat Zone business as usual poster is Joey Ryan and Trent, question mark, Beretta, whatever. So that's CZW. You got a little RSP picture. 
little Joe Gacy picture, little Dan O'Hare picture, ref in the background. So, like, those are your main CCW guys. And then, you know, Fala Baz in there and Myron Reed. I mean, Myron Reed, I think, has been around for a couple shows. So, I mean, you call him a roster member. But th- this is not something that the tickets are flying. My ass. The tickets aren't flying for shit. You're a lying motherfucker. But, you know, I'm sure that little spot that uh, DJ and Jimmy did will we'll fucking... That's why tickets are flying, I'm sure. It's just embarrassing, you know? It's CCW was was such a special fucking place and the badass fucking aura of John Zandig and the type of shit he would bring to the fucking table. If John Zandig was doing a fucking angle with someone at an Evolve show, it would fucking make waves. There would be some major shit. He'd do some like hanging from the hooks outside of the building or something. Like he'd want to do something big and, and um Big and obnoxious, big and big and fucking loud. He'd want to make as much noise with his one spot on that show as the whole fucking show made. He'd want to have people leave there talking about that spot as if it was possibly the highlight of some people's night, seeing what the fuck they did. The only people that left talking about that shit were laughing. They were laughing at DJ Hyde and Jimmy Lloyd doing that bullshit spot. Did you see those two motherfucking idiots doing that fucking ridiculous spot? Holy shit, did you see how bad that fucking spot looked? That's what the fuck people are saying. That's that's all I saw on the internet. It's it's fucking crazy. Absolutely fucking crazy. So I think that's about all I got. Um My boy, uh, Paul Doobie, he's got, uh, another show. It's called, uh, Legion of Dudes. Uh, so check that shit out. Just look it up, Legion of Dudes. Uh, he's another, it's another sports show. Uh, he's doing it with some, I don't even know what the fuck these people are. But, uh, Paul Doobie's a good dude. Check his fucking show out. Check out Shaheen doing his shit over there at the Hot Tag Podcast with Boxman. Um... Like I said, I got you five stars. Jeremy over there. And uh, I think that's about all I got. I don't know. I, I might have missed some shit. But, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. I Like I said, I, I got a lot of shit going on. I hope to get this fucking pen done this week. It's got to be done this week, man. My my duck's got to get fucking some walk-around room. You know? Fucking, uh... I let my one my one guy Darkwing walk around a little bit in the garden, and he can handle that shit because he can't really fly. He's got a uh, you know short little wings, so he, he can't really fly. Um, some of the domestic ducks can't fly. He's a hybrid, and um, my other guy he's a crested duck, but he's got some big dope wings. He's a short, stocky little guy with a you know with a big poof on his head. That's the crested part. But he's got some he's got some solid little wings and he can get some fucking little bit of height on him. So enough to clear a clear a fence and wind up in a neighbor's yard with a dog or something. The, a little too dangerous for him. So uh I was able to let Darkwing walk around a little bit, but Daffy's uh still pretty confined and the pigeons are pissed off because they're in fucking carriers rather than flying around in their pen. 
So uh, they're all going to have a great time once I'm fucking done. Uh, once I get chickens, which should be within the next week or so. Because um, when I you know, work where I work, you know, you get they get a lot of calls for people just getting rid of their animals. And uh, lends way to if you're looking for an animal, you can definitely find them pretty quick. So uh going to get a couple of hens fucking hopefully dropping some fucking eggs out here because I eat six of them every morning. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to everything coming together. And, um, you guys got to hit me up with some fucking topics. Get me fucking, uh, amped about doing these fucking shows and, uh, try to, you know, I'll, I'll try to try to hop on here when I can and fucking throw together more of this shit. Um, if I think of some people to interview, you know, talk to on here, chop it up, then, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit of that too coming up. Definitely got to do more shows just for the sake of, you know, I'm paying for it. Doesn't make any fucking sense to do one every two months and pay for fucking shit every month. Too expensive. So, uh, I got to figure something out, way to utilize this shit. Football season is right around the fucking corner. So, you know, I'm going to want to talk football with some motherfuckers. So, at the very least, we'll do some of that. Christian, I'm sure we'll be back on before you know it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, check all that shit out. I kind of just realized that I got a new cardboard box in the mail today and he's losing his fucking mind because he's, he's a beast on the cardboard. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's about all I got. And, uh, I'll talk to you motherfuckers. I, I mean, I could say next week, but that's fucking, but we'll see. Talk to you then. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So... What I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta oh, say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Right. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. Accuser Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.